0: back to do with us a series of the forever young podcast we release episodes on the first of every month if you're new here feel free to subscribe and follow us to keep up to date with our uploads i'm charlene and i'm joined by tom hello how are you
1: i'm i'm good i'm good how are you
0: i'm good it's been a busy busy month where are we now september
1: I know time flies so quick it's absolutely crazy how how short this year has been.
0: I know. And you guys are still in lockdown. I think right? it's just
1: when we're <laughs> out of lockdown that should be when like the our normal viewings should just be from lockdown because okay. I don't think I've stepped out of my house or out of work just to do something fun in a very long time.
0: Oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, nah, it's, it's, so it's fine. It's fine. It's, um, it is what it is. You know, that's the motto mm. for this whole COVID, in my opinion. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, so what did we read this month?
1: This month, we read the book Feed Your Fertility by Emily Bartlett. At the start, I thought this would be like a more sort of um, Western med sort of book rather than a Chinese med book. But this she actually does a really, really good job of incorporating both the Western medicine side as well as how you can help yourself from a Chinese medicine perspective as well. Um, So, Charlene, who do you think should sort of read this book? Who is this directed to? I
0: think similar to the book last month, um, it's for anyone who's ready to conceive or trying to conceive or um, practitioners who are seeing fertility patients or students basically anyone interested in the fertility process from Chinese medicine side
1: yeah and I think it's important to notice well that she doesn't cover if you're a Chinese medicine practitioner she doesn't cover acupuncture points uh, she mm-hmm. doesn't cover Chinese herbal medicine herbs or formulas as well in this book so yeah this like the sort of book suggests the title suggests this is mostly about diet so this is mm. lifestyle and diet are two big things that she sort of covers in this book she does mm. say like hey look this is what chinese medicine can do but in terms of getting into specific categories mm. for acupuncture or herbal medicine she sort of mm. just says hey look go see someone who knows
0: yeah, and I kind of like that
1: yeah, rather do you like than that? just,
0: well, I think herbal medicine and acupuncture, it's quite um, unique to the individual and I don't like giving just a, okay, you've got qi deficiency, just take these herbs for like three to six months and then see where you end up. I kind of prefer that you speak to someone who can understand your individual condition before they prescribe you herbs for three to six months or whatever it is.
1: Yes, that's that's actually something that's come up in a few books that we've read before, where they just sort of be like, "Hey, try this out. If it doesn't work, then go speak to a practitioner." So that's <laughs> they definitely she definitely does put an emphasis of being like, "Hey, look." It's better to speak to someone who's a professional and stuff, mm. which is yeah, which is good. I like that as well. But sometimes mm. I want to develop myself <laughs> as a practitioner, and I yeah. want to know more from that, like past that sort of basic knowledge of yeah.
0: Chinese medicine. So, so then, yeah, I think next time we need to read a textbook.
1: <laughs> yes, this is more like yeah, what I'm looking for is more textbook stuff rather than yeah, this is more like uh, general sort of knowledge stuff. It's it's meant yeah. for a larger audience.
0: Mm, yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. great
1: so did you actually like the book Charlene
0: I did I was kind of pleasantly surprised because I think we've been reading a lot of fertility books and or me personally been reading a lot of pregnancy fertility books and I thought it would just be kind of the same thing that I'm reading in every book but it was a little bit different and it did try to cover a lot of things which is kind of good i guess
1: <laughs> yes it did, it did sort of feel like a little bit of a stretch because mm. um from my perspective she covered not only diet and lifestyle she covered um supplements vitamins um anything else she, she covered a lot of, she, she covered recipes and stuff as well inside yeah. like hey look mm. this is what you should try to eat if you want to they're not yeah too complicated but there were a few things that sort of struck me as like a little bit odd in terms of what she wrote and some of that Mm. stuff. Um, Yeah,
0: I think one of the sections that was a bit odd for me was she started talking about neurotransmitters. Um, And I guess it kind of links into the supplement side of things, but it was very Western medicine-based and kind of just out of nowhere. And it was like maybe a page or two, and then it was just not mentioned again. So it just kind of like threw me off for a little bit because it's like chinese med chinese med neurotransmitters supplements chinese med chinese med and i was just like what
1: yeah i, I think that's that's <laughs> how just trying to cover that base in case anyone yeah. asks about that sort of stuff so she's like mm-hmm. hey look I've, I've ticked that box you know you can't yeah. say i didn't tick the box because i put one page there so yeah that's yeah, true yeah, yeah so mm-hmm. it is quite a comprehensive book as well um some of the things I don't agree with what she said as well so mm-hmm. for example maybe we'll go into this into the deep Yeah.
0: yeah yeah mm-hmm.
1: um, so that being said do you think it's worth people's time to read this
0: yes I think so I think it gives a different perspective on diet and especially diet from Chinese medicine um, it talks about the diet and foods you can eat as related to the um, Chinese medicine principles of diagnosis, like qi deficiency or like um, supporting the kidneys, kidney jing, things like that. So I think this is the first book that I've read that specifically been like, okay, to tonify your kidney jing, do this or eat this.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I like that. Yeah, me too. I I like how when she introduced what things are like chinese medicine organ functions and stuff she catered she catered her explanation to fertility as well she said mm. hey look this is what the lung function does and this is how it would affect the fetus or something like that yes so i thought mm. that was a lot better than because we've just read and done so many introductory chinese medicine books mm. that you yeah. kind of get really tired of it after you've read you've read <laughs> once you've read one you've kind of read them you've well, re- so yeah it's yeah. like all right great great let's move on sort of thing but mm-hmm. I, I did really like that and she actually goes into a little bit of depth uh that we'll cover as well further later on in the podcast in terms of mm-hmm. how menstruation and stuff is perceived and what you should do if you're looking to get yeah. like pregnant mm-hmm. and stuff from chinese medicine what should mm-hmm. like diagnosis wise and looking at treatments and stuff that you should do which i thought mm-hmm. was really really cool which was really cool mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah
1: so do you think it's worth, I think it's at the moment, it's $28 on Audible mm. or something around that sort of price. Mm. Do you think it's worth the price that you sort of have to pay?
0: I think so. I think it's very informative and the recipes are something that you can use not only for fertility, but for your um, everyday life as well.
1: Yeah. Um, so... That'll be the first segment of this episode where we just sort of run through what to expect. If you wanted to buy this book, feel free to buy it as well. Uh, If you don't want any spoilers into the next section, this is probably a good time to hit pause and give it a read before the next segment. Uh, We'll see you on the next segment. Welcome back to the second segment of this episode. This is where we sort of run through... Uh, the next sort of part, we sort of deep dive into what we actually sort of felt about this. We cover more topics about the book and sort of our two cents and sort of uh, what we believe in, and how we actually are going to use this knowledge in our practice and our lives. So Charlene, <laughs> seeing as what, let's deep dive into this. So what sort of topics did you think that you would like to elaborate from this book? Um,
0: I think it the way the book is structured like the flow of it is really good it kind of starts off talking about what a um what is required i guess from tcm for pregnancy to occur so um, the normal um period cycle ovulation things like that um for the male fertility to be um good and normal so i like the flow and i think we should follow that kind of flow and start talking about i guess Um, periods and ovulation
1: yes I I think that's super important because it's it's not just as simple as I'm bleeding and I'm not bleeding right when Mm -hmm. it comes to menstruation that's how I used to think about it I'm like women just have this like a few days that they bleed for and that's it you know but there's so much going going on sort of under the hood um, especially when it comes to wanting to get pregnant for women and I think this is really, really aimed towards people who are women or couples that are slightly older. So people 35, 30, sorry, 30, age 30 plus, where it's getting harder and harder for them to get pregnant in terms of mm. the kidney gene, the kidney the yin, the kidney yang, all that sort of stuff. And that's when you would have to look into sort of the nitty gritty of like Chinese med and how that can boost mm your chances of getting pregnant so yeah. that being said the normal cycle for women during the the whole cycle is at the start so day one after they stop bleeding uh during like the sort of follicular phase sort of period so days one to five. Oh, sorry um i guess it would be i think six we to need 12.
0: to take i need i think we need to take it back even Um, further or uh, like zoom out a bit and say um a normal period cycle is 28 to well 20 the book says 28 plus or minus one day but I generally go 28 to 30 um so plus or minus two days from um 28 days um and then so if your cycle kind of falls outside of that it is considered um little bit i guess not suboptimal but there's some imbalances in your body that from tcm we would like to address to help normalize your cycle and help um optimize your chances of falling pregnant
1: yeah it's depends on how wide as well the days are between Mm -hmm. each period it it could be even considered like an irregular period and um, either the flow, I think, is also a very important to mention, as mm-hmm. well as any sort of characteristics like clotting, um, any other mucus during ovulation mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. And smell is mm-hmm. a big one that I don't think people take into consideration as well. Mm-hmm. Um is there anything else you want to cover generally about that sort of stuff? Um before I move into days? No,
0: I think you can talk about the days. Yeah. The
1: days, right. So in Chinese medicine, usually day one to five is when women are menstruating. So this is where the uterus lining is shed. And during this time in Chinese medicine, it's important that you move and you build the blood because obviously the same sort of reasoning, if you're losing blood, you want to replace the blood. So it's sort of like out with the old, in with the new. So if people aren't getting enough blood, women will be, tend to feel very tired, especially after menstruating, like depending on how big their flow is or if there's anything stopping the flow of the menstruation. Mm-hmm. Uh, day six to 12 is usually when that's over and usually the blood and the yin is normally uh, like depleted. So usually this is when women um, need to start rebuilding their yin as well as their blood to sort of form that lining as well as start developing follicles and all that sort of stuff to get ready for pregnancy day 12 to 14 is the i guess that's still part of the follicular phase but this is sort of preparing itself for ovulation Uh, during this time we sort of want to move liver chi blood you really want to help that body push and get ready so the body's ready for pregnancy and ovulation is usually the best time for women to get pregnant Um, how long is ovulation normally you would say how long is that window that they have
0: i think it's well normally we say try three times from the start of ovulation mucus so it kind of leaves about like a four or five to six day window for the um, woman to fall pregnant. So basically, I think it's maybe like thirty six hours or forty eight hours from the start of ovulation is the fertility window. I could be very very wrong there, <laughs> but basically, but basically, um, before the ovulation comes, ovulation mucus kind of line like provides an optimal environment for the egg to travel down and for the sperm to meet up with the egg Um, that's generally about two days before ovulation so in an ideal cycle ovulation will be on day 14 Um, but even um, after after the egg is ovulated you can still have sex and you can still try you don't have to do it like the minute the egg is ovulated if that makes sense
1: yeah 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 um usually during that time as well like after that you've done it lots of times um yeah that's a i guess that's the normal of no, pretty good
0: well i think
1: you've tried a lot another of another thing
0: i don't think you should try a lot of times as well i think um the book also recommended this which i i think i agree with in the two to five days leading up to ovulation not to have sex too often to conserve the sperm quality um, and quantity and things like that and then not to try every day I think this was I'm not sure if this was in the book or this is just knowledge that I have mm, But um, yeah but to do every second day so that you are conserving that sperm quality and you're not tiring yourself out um you're not stressing your body out and things like that as well so you want your op- body to be an optimal condition when you are trying so yeah maybe not just having sex, sex lots <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes you don't just want to like, flood the dam as you could say
0: yeah yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> so gross um so. Let's say during that time, you did get, uh, you were positive during that time. The tests come back. Hey, look, it's like two lines. You've got positive for pregnancy. What Chinese medicine looks for from there is supporting the young. Because just because you're positive as well, doesn't mean that there won't be any complications. That's sort of just sort of the start of the race. Excuse me, in terms of being pregnant. Yeah. And like obviously and
0: getting a baby and stuff. Yeah. Gonna go backwards and say that even from after trying, you want to support the kidneys and support the young as well. Because I think we'll talk about this later, but there, or we talked about a bit of before, but there's a wide variety of factors that impacts why you're unable to fall pregnant so sometimes you know the egg sperm quality is good or you have troubles with implantation um, which is why even from after ovulation we want to keep supporting you and you want to keep supporting your body um, keep supporting the young not being stressed things like that so that you can get to that positive pregnancy test so yes. I think, yeah, there's a period after ovulation between them like before that pregnancy test that people are just like, oh, I'm just waiting around. I'm not doing anything. But in actuality, like there is things you can do. Yes. Yes. Like,
1: mm-hmm. I think this is like an important part. I'm going to segue a little bit where mm-hmm. I, I had this question before. I was like, hey, why is there such an emphasis on women? What about the guy? Doesn't it take two to sort of tango in terms of having a baby and all that sort of stuff? Well, how come women need to do all the heavy lifting. Is there anything that guys can do in terms of, like, improving, uh, like, their sperm quality and all that sort of stuff? But the, the fact is that because it's not just women's eggs involved, it's that their hosting environment. They have to make sure that, like, can this um, egg develop into an embryo and is her, like, uterus hospitable enough for a baby to grow? So at the end of the day, what you're looking to do with Chinese medicine, either herbs and sort of acupuncture, I guess, when it comes for women is just to increase blood flow to the uterus to promote implantation. You want to sort of improve ovarian function so that you get better quality eggs and larger numbers of follicles. Uh, You want to try and reduce the side effects of a lot of the drugs and supplements that they're taking for treatments, fertility sort of treatments, Um, decrease uterine contractions and reduce stress and anxiety that the mum or the, the partner might be feeling and as well as to strengthen their immune system just to support their their life I guess once they do sort of get that pregnancy and that implantation right yeah <laughs> <laughs> that being said let's go I think she covers she has as well inside the book a sort of cheat sheet that makes it sort of easier in terms of summing everything she sort of set up, which makes it a lot easier and stuff. I think the easiest way to sort of put this is when it comes to diet, have that sort mm-hmm. of very like paleo diet where you want to eat organic sort of foods, like get rid of processed foods or so anything like that comes in a box that you don't know where it's mm-hmm. coming from like caged eggs, that sort of stuff, I think is sort of the biggest takeaway message from her to us.
0: Yeah. I think the way she puts it, puts it is eat what your great, great grandmother ate. So like less of that, what you were saying, packaged sugars, like fats and think carbs, things like that. Um, and basically cook at home so that you know what you're putting into it and by eating organic you're kind of um getting rid of the what's the word the like the
1: chemicals and all the processing yeah, and stuff that, that, that cause oxidation
0: yeah, yeah and like the preservatives
1: like that. and stuff mm. all that sort of stuff that i don't yeah. think my great-grandmother was even i think she lived in a village on a farm so i don't think she would have got any of this We'll report. It would I'm have been sure. organic,
0: right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think my my great grandmother would have been on a farm in the mountains as well. So yeah, very and organic and stuff. And...
1: I mean, sure, it's organic, <laughs> but I don't know how great the um the nutrition wise would be.
0: Well, um, I don't know. Considering my grandma had like seven or eight children,
1: Wow, and my other there grandma you had go. like four,
0: so I don't know, like. Like do you know what I mean? Like yes. it was like big families, lots of children back in the day. So
1: yes, I don't fair know. enough. Well, there you go. Maybe, Maybe that was the something. secret. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Maybe I should go back living on a farm instead. <laughs> um, don't don't do that. If you want to get pregnant, you don't have to live on a farm. Um, she normally recommends get like knowing where the source of your food is, so organic sort of stuff. Um, especially pasteurized food she's very very big on like meat is not being not unhealthy for you just as long as where the meat comes from so it's you want to eat food as long as you know where the food that you're eating has eaten so if they're like if they've had a lot of like um, natural like the cows or the animals or the plants have had a lot of like natural ingredients in them and you eat that that's that would generally benefit you and give you a lot of nutrients that would be needed for pregnancy
0: yeah but she also talks about having um unpasteurized milk
1: yes that was a big (laughs) question mark on my head apparently at least in australia or victoria it's to sell raw unpasteurized milk is illegal for human consumption,
0: yeah, so, I was thinking that I haven't seen it like in the supermarket or anything like that. But this is also an American book, book yeah, yeah.
1: So, so the like found she's that,
0: based in America,
1: yeah, she's based in America. Mm-hmm. So she, she probably has more access to unpasteurized raw milk. Mm-hmm. Um, for us in Australia, uh, it it is the milk can hold a lot of bacteria and stuff like that, which could be considered good for your gut. I think she includes one study that she did there with uh, raw milk and sort of the results from that. Um, but for me, at least I probably, it wouldn't be on my first thing to recommend patients who are trying to get pregnant to drink mm. raw and pasteurized milk for me.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know how I feel about that either, but I Just, like that. Sh- but like, if you want, Good bacteria, you can just have like cultured and you know, what I mean, like yogurts and probiotics
1: um, and all that probiotics sort of stuff.
0: and things like that. Yes, so, I don't know.
1: We have access yeah. to them, sort of good bacteria for your gut rather than, yeah, going to raw, unpasteurized milk that could have a chance of having a lot of bad bacteria for you as well.
0: Mm, yeah,
1: so that being said, as well, she does also encourage eating lots of fat so this mm. is not just sort of any sort of fat you can't just be like uh all fats are good fats that's kind of mm. not true
0: mm. yeah
1: unsaturated fats and trans fats i think are the ones considered to be bad whereas mm-hmm. like saturated fats like cream coconut oil um avocado and stuff olive. So, yeah, olive, yeah olive oil that sort of stuff has a lot of good mm. oils and fats That Mm -hmm. would be really good in terms of like cholesterol and all that sort of stuff, as well as that good to sort of grow something in you. You need a lot of sort of a lot of them nutrients in order to give birth. uh, Sorry, to like harbor birth, I guess. Mm -hmm. And just to stay away from a lot of those uh, refined oils and like canola is a big one, corn and soybean. So soy Mm. is a sort of weird category of its own that I've read where uh, it acts as like a hormone disruptor. It, like, Mm. fluctuates your hormones in and out.
0: Because, like, tofu has higher estrogen levels. Because have you heard that, like, uh, asian women who eat a lot of tofu kind of have less menopause symptoms compared to women that don't eat a lot of tofu they might have more pronounced menopause symptoms because the tofu kind of like boosts it up a little bit and the decline becomes a bit more gradual so yeah i don't it's not all soybean bean products that she says like she, Um, that she recommends against there's certain ones that she's like oh this is okay or if it's been prepared in a certain way it is um okay to consume as well
1: yes i think stuff like miso and stuff miso Mm. is okay uh she does include instructions on how to prepare these sort of soybeans and legumes and grains Mm. and all that sort of stuff as well yeah um in my personal opinion i'm not sure it would be worth all that effort because usually people needing this advice are usually women who are very busy with their lives already. Mm -hmm. So it does take a lot of effort from my perspective to make it.
0: Yeah. But I think if you're vegan or vegetarian as well, it's something that you can take away because if you are vegan, vegetarian, you normally are looking into these and you know about these um, foods as well more anyways
1: yeah and and in terms of like nutrition's for vegans and vegetarians Mm -hmm. it will be a lot harder for you and she does include a section on how to Mm. tackle it the best way for you because Mm -hmm. of your dietary restrictions Mm -hmm. that being said foods that were really really good that she recommends is uh jing foods so things mm. that would boost your Jing in order to pass your prenatal chi I guess that you develop for your baby so that they can have the best sort of uh, Jing when they start their life yeah so this includes food like bone broth uh, pate fish eggs bone marrows so it's very like rich in iron and mm. like that sort of like source very blood, enhancing sort of yeah foods crossover between Jing and uh, yeah. blood tonifying
0: mm. yeah and also eggs <laughs> i just want to point out eggs is like um i guess from chinese or like from my family personally it's something that my mom's always said like um you need to eat more eggs to build up your blood and like you know support your kidneys and things like that so my mom who's not chinese medicine already knows this so it's yeah and i think eggs is simple to eat and eggs for your eggs include yeah yeah it It is very
1: chinese to Mm -hmm. eat organs and all that sort of stuff from animals to benefit your own ones so yeah they normally tell you hey look eat livers Excuse me, to eat livers so it can help your liver with blood and all that mm. sort of stuff that's like a very mm. um yeah if you eat lots of like tripe and stomach stuff if you want to help mm. your stomach and stuff so it's there's a lot mm. of crossover they that's a very chinese i guess belief in terms yeah. of how to tonify your stomach yeah. or whatever organ you want to boost mm. and then
0: eating for your chinese medicine your constitution as well so while um, she recommends eating jing like for every anyone who's trying to conceive should focus on jing there's also different um, foods that you can eat to balance out your body as well from chinese medicine perspective
1: did you have any examples on you by intentionally
0: so if you're if your spleen is a little bit weaker, to focus more on like warming foods, um, like healthy cooked foods, cooked fruits, vegetables, um, and not to eat too like greasy, spicy, or like um, spicy raw foods. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I lost my train of thought in the middle of the sentence. <laughs> um, but yeah, or if maybe you've got more of a yin deficiency um, to eat more like fruits and melons um, and seaweed is one of them as well. So just depending on what what is going on with your body, what is imbalanced, there's certain things that you can eat as well to support your reproductive function.
1: Yes, I, I think this is easier to look at sort of how you are as well in in terms of your nature and it's just eating the opposite of your nature something Mm -hmm. I found really interesting though is soothing the nervous system and how you eat Mm. according to that so she normally says to eat small regular meals in terms of sustaining your sort of blood sugar levels so let's Mm -hmm. say that I have um, I'm very I'm very anxious all the time I'm always like burning through sort of my adrenal burnout. So I'm like always on high and I'm always in that fight or flight response system. Mm. By having that constant stable blood sugar level, at least the physical side of me is like taken care of. And I won't have that imbalance caused by my body when I'm feeling Mm. anxious. So I thought that was really interesting of her to put in Mm. as well, which I really liked.
0: Yeah. And I think it's something that we forget to do sometimes to like eat regular meals and sometimes like if we're busy food is one of the first things that we tend to neglect or if we're busy we tend to eat really quickly and one of the things that she mentions is to eat mindfully Um, so avoid working and talking Um, and I'm going to add one more and say chew chew your food thoroughly so not just like It goes with the eating mindfully, but not just like shoveling everything down, taking like bites of every mouthful and making sure everything's chewed before you swallow. Um, Yeah, I think it helps to calm the nervous system down as well. Yeah,
1: I I think that's something that um, I don't think I tell my patients enough, being mindful of doing stuff. Mm. Don't just watch the TV and eat.
0: Mm. The last thing to mention before we go is that there's a lot of advice given in this book and to just incorporate what you can at your own pace so I think me myself reading it I was like wow there's a lot and if I was in the position of someone trying to fall pregnant getting all this information I wouldn't know where to start Um, So just start little, just one small diet or lifestyle change at a time. um, And then, yeah, take it from there. So I think she advises to start um, incorporating these things three months before you start your IVF cycle or before you start trying for pregnancy, um, which I would agree with, but also be easy on yourself. Like if you can't stick with it um, for a certain reason, you know, life has taken hold, not to beat yourself up. Um, yeah. Just be nice to yourself. Yeah.
1: And there's no point of trying like forcing yourself to do something that's not going to stick, because in the end, when it comes down to it, you're probably not going to do it for nine months plus, you know, it's going to be so difficult. And you're not going to have a lot of fun doing it. You know, I mean, mm. you might not be doing it for fun, but at least you don't want to make it harder on yourself than it already is.
0: Mm. Yes. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right.
1: Uh, so, how many, I guess, how many stars or yin yang logos would you give this, Charlene?
0: I'm going to give it a four.
1: Wow, that's pretty high. I think,
0: yeah, I think it's pretty, I think it was very informative and I liked that it did include Chinese medicine, a lot of Chinese medicine, and it was targeted towards fertility rather than just overall Chinese medicine explanations and generic kind of recommendations. Mm -hmm. What about you?
1: That's pretty good. Um, I'd probably give a 3.5 for me. Mm
0: -hmm. I think
1: there were some things that um, I know she, like that sort of struck me a little bit weird or like a bit too out there for me um Mm. there was some conflicting evidence between this book as and the book that we read last time Mm. as well so I found that a little bit oh maybe I should do my own research and find out which one was telling the truth um but really really good I really liked the information that she had in there especially what you said um I wish things could have been a little bit more centered towards one side, in my opinion. I think she was a bit too much covering too many bases, and it felt a little bit uh, incongruent with what she was trying to say and stuff. So, yeah, I'd probably yeah, I'd yeah. stick with three point five for me at least.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's mm. fair. Is there anything else that you wanted to mention from this book? No, oh, I think that's it good? for me. Mm-hmm. So we hope this offers some insight for you into Feed Your Fertility from us at Forever Young. Thank you for listening to Do With Us. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and join our Facebook group for the book discussion.
1: And we have been the Forever Young podcast and we'll read with you next time. Bye.
0: Bye. Bye.